So, uh, we are on Moses, part four. And this is the first time that Moses is about to go before Pharaoh. It doesn't go so well go so well for Moses and the people. When we left off, Aaron had met with Moses after years and years. They had a grand old family reunion, and now they're going to get busy about the work of the Lord. Now, if you remember, that before the grand old re re uh, reunion, God was trying to kill Moses because Moses didn't follow God's command and circumcise his son because of his wife. God was going to kill Moses for not controlling his household, yet trying to lead the children of Israel. So, now, that's all over with. We are now going into where him and Aaron, God told Aaron to go see Moses. They had the grand old reunion, and now... And they're going to get busy about the work of the Lord. Moses and Aaron are getting ready to go to Pharaoh. So let's go to Exodus 5.1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and ye make them rest from their burden. Idle hands of the devil's workshop. That's exactly what Pharaoh is saying. Now this is where we get to the semi-familiar stuff in the, in the course of uh, Moses' life. Moses and Aaron are going to see the Pharaoh for their very first meeting. It has been 40 years since Moses has seen the palace, the throne room, or the place he called home. And I'm almost certain his return was awkward, for for 40 years has changed a lot of things and a lot of people. 40 years, a lot changes when you go back to an area. Even if you knew it when you were young, you go back to it, it's not even close to what it was when you left. So Moses and Aaron present the Pharaoh with the proposition to let them go three days into the wilderness and sacrifice. Pharaoh, though, he's not buying it, for he will lose a week's labor of the Israelites' absence. He has already voiced his concerns about the Israelites being so many and trying to topple his government, or being so many and an invading force coming in and then joining in against the Egyptians. Pharaoh's worried about his kingdom because the Israelites are so many in the land. And he says the same thing here at the end of this. Behold, the people of the land are many, and ye make them rest from their burdens. He says if they're tired, they won't get out and do anything. If they're tired, they won't be, uh, they won't be uh, rebels or working against them because they're tired from working. So what he thinks, instead of sacrificing, and this is, this is just me thinking, this is not in the, in the Bible, what he's saying is, I'm not letting you go three days out for you to gather, plan, and plot to overthrow me. That's not happening. Y'all are going to stay here 
too tired from the work I put on you to do anything. So Exodus 5, 6. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tail of the bricks, which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our Lord. Pharaoh saying they got too much time on their hands. Let there be more work, let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. And the taskmasters of the people went out, and their officers, and they spake to the people, saying, Thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get your straw where ye can find it, yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. So Pharaoh, he's looking around, he's seeing these people. They got time to be idle. They got time to go out into the wilderness and make sacrifices. So he's going to make them work even more so that they don't have that free time. He, met, he tells them, not only now do you have to make the same amount of bricks, but now you got to go find the straw that we were giving to you. You have to go get that and make the same amount of bricks in the same amount of time. I don't know if you've ever made a brick before, like what they're talking about way back in, the, in, in this time frame. But the straw is what makes the brick a brick. The straw is what holds it together. The straw is the foundation of the brick. So now they have to go out, they got to get their own straw, taking away the time they used to make the bricks, yet their quotas are, are, their quotas are the same, it's only their workload that has increased. And demanded, wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as heretofore? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? There is no straw given unto thy servants. And they say to us, Make brick, and behold, thy servants are beaten, but the fault is in thine own people. They're going to complain to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh is the one that put this upon them. Pharaoh's the one that said, they ain't getting no more straw. Make them go get their own. And now they're crying to Pharaoh because they've been beaten because the quotas aren't being met. It's an unjust world. So the leaders of the Israelites were being held accountable for the lack of the quota being filled. That Pharaoh is dead serious about this. The officers of the children of Israel are paying the price for Moses going before them and Pharaoh thinking they're idle. In fact, you're going to see how idly things they are in just a second. So the officers of Israel came, they cried out to Pharaoh, Your people did this, they took the straw, they demanded the same quota, yet we're the ones that are getting beaten. And what does Pharaoh say? Exodus 5:17. He said, Ye are idle, ye are idle. Therefore ye say, Let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Go therefore now and work. For there shall no more shall no straw be given you, yet ye shall deliver the tail of bricks, the same amount of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see them that were in evil case, after it was said, 
ye shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. Pharaoh had no compassion for them. In fact, he was the one that gave the order for them to not have their supplies. He was the one who put this onerous working conditions upon them. He's not going to listen to them when they cry. The officers of the children of Israel knew they were in trouble. And there was no one they could appeal to. Pharaoh was the king of the land. So Exodus 5.20 And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because ye have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. As they are leaving the audience with Pharaoh, the officers of Israel, as they are leaving the audience with Pharaoh, crying for mercy that they're not getting, they run into Moses and Aaron. And they are not happy with Moses and Aaron. Here, starts the grumbling and the mumbling you heard about all through the journey in the wilderness this is the starting point of it they say to Moses do you see what you have done you caused us to be beaten how you made Pharaoh mad at us and you increased our workload forget the fact that they were already enslaved they were already forced to make a quota of bricks every day they had gotten used to that now they were in a new level of hurt and they wanted someone to be accountable. And that someone was Moses and Aaron. The Israelite situation has gone from bad to worse. And they are mad at Moses. Moses, for his part, he goes back to God. And he says, why? Why did you send me? Why am I here? He, how many times did he say this dealing with the Israelites? God, why me? Why am I the one being tasked with this? This is where it starts. He heads back to Moses. He says, God, why? Why did you send me when you knew this was going to happen? When you knew the people were going to be treated so badly? Not only that, God, but you have not delivered your people as you promised yet either. What's the deal? That's exactly what Moses is saying. Well, what's God saying to Moses? Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now, Shalt thou see? Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his out of his land. That's God's response. God says, Moses, I knew this was going to happen. Moses, I'm aware of what's happening. Moses, now you are going to see your God at work. You're going to see what your God will do for his people. Moses stays true. He goes back to God and he asks, why me? But he stays true. And God says to him, Moses, stay true. Keep on keeping on. And you will see what I, the Lord, can do. What I will do and how Pharaoh will allow the people to go 
and he will allow them to go gladly because of all that I'm going to do. God literally just says to Moses, wait on me. That's truly a timeless message even today, so many thousands of years later. Even today, he says the same thing to us. I knew this was going to happen. I needed this to happen. Now I can work and you will know that I am God. Wait on me. It's a timeless message for Moses and it's a timeless message for us. When God says something, it doesn't mean it's happening right away. When things get tougher and rougher, it doesn't mean God's forgotten. It means sit back and wait. I'm coming. And God comes and he shows up in a mighty way in our next time.